Welcome back. So Rob Burnett is still with me. He's our founder and CEO. This is the Christmas special of the Well Told Story Insights podcast. Rob, thanks for sticking around. Now, the other thing we talked about was the Hustler MBA. And, um, you know, we discussed uh, the Halla Halla game and uh, some of the kind of hustler skills on our on go back and have a listen, listener, to if you missed it, to the um, brilliant Hustler podcast that we did with Joram, head of our networks team, uh, where we heard from hustlers about how they were using um, uh, the sort of enterprise um, and business skills um, in the magazine, in the game that was in the magazine, and how they were boosting their own um, hustles. But last year, you told us about this idea of kind of, you know, codifying that, turning that into an MBA that was appropriate for hustlers. How has that gone? So this has been really a fun project for us this year. Um, like you said, I mean, we, we believe in the power of the hustler. And actually, we believe in the future of hustling. So hustling has a bad name amongst some people in Kenya. You know, grown-ups tend to sniff at hustlers. But let me tell you, young people don't. Because yeah. young people implicitly know. But it's also, in terms of the economy of Kenya, it's absolutely structurally vital, right? Because... Okay, so here's some numbers, right? Yeah. This year, 1.3 million Kenyans will enter the job market. So that's young people dropping out of school, leaving primary... This is the job because market. of the youth bulge. In and it's going to be more than 1.3 million next year, right? I mean, it's right. an ever-growing number of young people entering the job market at all these different stages, graduates, yeah. school dropouts, etc. That is not a uniquely Kenyan phenomenon. That is happening across Africa. Uh, I think that's happening across Africa because right. we've got this huge surge in, in young people. Right, part because of they're the, not dying of preventable diseases, they're getting vaccinations. They're... And, because, uh, uh, and because fertility rates are coming down, but they're coming down slowly. Yeah. So 1.3 million job seekers... Statistics say that less than 10% are going to get a formal job. So less than 10% of 1.3 million are actually going to job with a contract and any kind of a guarantee of continuity. So that's incredible. That's like 900,000 young people every year, something like that. Yeah, more, 1.1 million who are not going to get a formal job. So what are they going to do? They're going to hustle. They're going to hustle. They're going to have to. They're going to have to hustle. Because... By the way, not only are they not going to get a formal job, they don't even have the qualifications to get into college to get the the necessary paperwork for a formal job in most cases. Yeah. So most people are going to have to hustle. So Their mums don't this want is, to admit that. This is more than like the gig economy and zero-hours contracts and the kind of conversations that people are having in Europe and America about the future of work. This is something much more structural in, in African economies, right? Right. And, 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 and probably it's been like this for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think what's important to recognise is that the, the kind of grown-up official narrative is that we're going to build factories and employ people. Yeah, jobs. Yeah. Jobs. And the truth of the matter is that there aren't going to be enough jobs. Yeah. Most people aren't going to get one. Yeah. So for the time being, at least, that's the case. So, so our question last year was, what are they going to do? They're going to hustle. How, they, how do you learn how to hustle? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a joke, we, not even a joke, there's a truism about reproductive health that most teenagers get their reproductive health advice from their most promiscuous friend. Because <laughs> they're most experienced. Right. And, I mean, who yeah. else are you going to turn to, right? So, so, but where do hustlers get their advice from? Okay. And I think that was the question we set out to answer uh, with, with Shujaz and with this notion of the hustler MBA. So the first thing was, where's the skills? Where do you learn? How can we, how can we accelerate the pace of positive learning so we don't rely on the lottery of your friends and neighbours mm -hmm. to give you good advice, but we can actually package good advice? Could we go and find... The best hustlers in Kenya. So this is to prevent them getting duff advice. From <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's 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 bottle the good stuff. Yeah. And let's make it easily available. Bad advice on the internet. So, <laughs> right, and and also irrelevant advice on the internet because if yeah. you are a Kenyan uh, shopkeeper 
good luck to you if you think you can find practical tips or training relevant yeah. to your reality yeah. in a context that looks familiar in a language that you understand. Yeah, you can't be doing a MOOC from Harvard Business School, can you? Not, I mean, <laughs> right, so thanks, Harvard. It's great, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to touch the lives of the people in our audience. Yeah. And I think there's another dynamic in there, which we've, we've dug into this year quite deeply as we've tried to do the grand truth research to inform the Hustler MBA. And that's this idea that most young people have had a pretty awful education experience. Right. So most young people are glad to leave school mm-hmm. and don't want to go back. So there's this strong feeling. There's a lot of boarding here in East Africa, right? Yeah, lots of people go to boarding school. That's that's probably the most common form of secondary school, at least, is to go to a boarding school. But in any case, most young people are tired of being taught. And that's because of the quality of formal education? It's because of the quality of formal education. It's because of the experiences they've had. It's because of the possibly crushed expectations that were set up for them, that this is the thing you need to get you to the next level, Mm -hmm. only it doesn't. Okay. So at the same time, while they don't wish to be taught, they do want to learn. Oh, and I think in there is the, is the opportunity, but also the challenge. Because online learning, you know, you tend to see the, well, the MOOC model, yeah. the Harvard These University are professor. online courses, right? Just for anyone who doesn't <laughs> yes. get that acronym. Yeah. Massive open online courses. That's, is it, a MOOC. that's it. So great if you've got an appetite, but if you've had nothing but lousy education experiences you don't radiate towards those and by the way they're in the wrong language they're in the wrong context there yeah so so our hustler mba is an attempt to bust through those problems and to say here's a young person who's who could be your neighbor could be your friend could be your big sister and she's going to tell you how she did it right and so we've developed a curriculum which we digested from a load of different small business small enterprise training programs and and we've asked, at this stage, 25 different hustlers to tell us their story from the, the day they figured out what their business was going to be mm-hmm. to how they raised the startup capital to how they dealt with their first customer, how they market the business now they've got it going, mm-hmm. how they deal with the cash and the bookkeeping that they have to do, how they manage their stocks, how they deal with supplies and suppliers, even how do they argue with the landlord. So mm-hmm. we've got young people telling their story in their language on their terms in their context well, this spread. sounds like dragon's den and the apprentice all rolled into one and uh, it's br- i mean it's super and the, the young people we found are truly inspirational so we've got for each of these young hustlers we've recorded 20 no 30 videos mm-hmm. describing their journey speaking to these these principles of business we've called them and so now we have 25 different hustles Demonstrated and these are by Shang in Kenya, in whatever in language the person wanted to speak, in, right, right? Right, and right. we supply subtitles. Okay, but at the same time, we've ended up with seven hundred and fifty videos. Beside every video are some key questions, key Q and A, yeah. So that young person who's who's watching the video can test their knowledge, right? Test what they've acquired. But what it means now is that we allow people, if you choose to, you can follow a hustler as she tells her story from start to finish. But also, if you've got a, tr- a problem with your marketing. You can watch you 25 can videos into that. on marketing. Right. You can unlock a blockage in your system by saying, let me see how other people have dealt with difficult negotiations. Right. I can watch 25 videos. So you don't have to do a course that's linear. No, you can just you come can, in and... You can dip in. Right. And I think that... So we've been testing it on Facebook. Uh, we've got a Facebook page today called Hustle Fitty, uh, where we've been able to just pilot some of these ideas to test the content, get audience feedback. Uh, well, I, I think we had... 
we, we somehow overnight acquired 20,000 uh, members of the page just by putting it there and saying uh, and, and talking about it a little bit online. Yeah. So we know there's a demand. We know mm. there's an interest. The next stage, which we'll reach December, we'll be launching the version one on uh, an online platform that we've developed hand in hand with Microsoft, uh, which will oh, be wow. a, uh, Listener, go and check it out because that will be live by the time this airs. Sorry, Rob, the magic of podcasting. We're pre-recording. Oh, we're talking in the future. Yeah, great, <laughs> right. isn't it? Exciting. Okay, another thing I want to ask you about is the Connect Club. You talked about the Connect Club last year. Okay, so this is this is a fundamental shift, I think, the beginning of a fundamental change. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our theory of change, the basis of the Shujaz model that we've been following for the last several years, is about conversation. So we cause people to talk about subjects that are important. Yeah, And we found a mechanism to do that. We surface ideas through the different channels that we've got and we change what young people are talking about. And then we can show that young people evolve their views and their behaviors based on us surfacing those new topics for discussion. Mm -hmm. So at the heart of our theory of change for the last several years has been this notion, can we get people to, can we change the discourse? Yeah. Can we get people to talk differently? But I think what we, and, and that's been partly uh, that's a, so we're, it's been very successful is, and it continues to be enormously powerful. Uh, and, but but in, a, in, in one way, we're, 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 we're limited because in the end, when you produce comic books and radio shows on a mass scale, you've got one size fits all. Mm-hmm. You've got a sort of vanilla flavor that everyone has to everyone has to have the same recipe. Because you're broadcasting. Because you're broadcasting, yeah, right. because, you, because you're doing mass media. Yeah. But as we see our audience evolving online, and I think this year... We measured 36% of Kenyan youth have access to a smartphone, mm-hmm. and that's up on previous that's years. We're every year, isn't it? It yeah. stalled in 2017. Elections slowed everything down, yeah. but it's picked up again immediately in 2018. So we're seeing that exponential growth in online access. So what we're seeing now as people go online is our ability to deal with them as individuals starts to develop. Yeah. No longer as the mass, now as individuals. Yeah. And I think and then with the that, utility of their phones is developing as well, right? Because not only do more people have phones, they have smarter smartphones, feature right, phones, exactly. then smartphones. Then and pretty soon, I'm, I've read somewhere that no one will be able to buy a non-smartphone in Kenya. Right. That's so the, the direction of travel is one way, isn't it? And it's inevitable. And I think you know, you, people replace their phones every two or three years, and every person who's replacing their phone these days is replacing it with a smartphone, and the prices are dropping, and so on and so on. So yeah. all the trends are pointing in one direction. So when we start looking at individuals rather than the mass. Suddenly, we can go beyond conversation to action. Right. And so one of the ways we're, we're working to drive that is through this thing called, well, one of them is through the Hustler MBA, mm-hmm. and the other one is through this Connect Club. Mm-hmm. So how do we reach out to people where they are and extend the Shujaz storyline beyond a piece of media into people's day-to-day lives? Yeah. And so that allows us actually to start measuring something else in as well. So while we've been measuring the discourse and the conversation, we can now go to the next stage and we can start measuring the actions that we are able to observe yeah. happening as a consequence of our interventions. Yeah, I think this is really important that because you basically you've got a group of developers here um, who are working on East African um, technical solutions to sort of East African problems, whereas in Palo Alto... They're looking at the mass market, a global market. You know, the basic sort of functionality of Facebook is the same all over the world and has to be for the model. Now, that doesn't mean the way people use Facebook is the same around the world, but what Facebook can and can't do doesn't change as you go country to country. And 
what I what you guys are doing, I think, is developing bespoke East African tech solutions. To yeah. is that right? Is that fair? So I think that the mission of the mission of Facebook is to get eyeballs to make money out of it. Yeah. The mission of Well Told Story is to create value for the young people that we we engage with. So it's not enough for us to give people a social media platform to exchange their whims their their their, their whims. Yeah. You know, if we if we stopped measuring at that point, we could probably have gone home some time ago. Yeah, yeah. But our mission is to create value for those young people. Yeah. And that requires a whole other level of engagement. I mean, I I have this beef with the BBC uh, where a friend of mine is a senior producer because you know, again, his mission is to get eyeballs and right. provide entertainment and engagement. Mm-hmm. Our mission is to do that and to effect change, positive change, yeah. on the audiences whose eyeballs we can attract. Mm-hmm. And that's a very that's a whole order of magnitude more complex. Yeah. So as we look at the internet, and uh, you know, we've had to think beyond what Facebook is doing. Yeah. And what well, can and we the other do? platforms as well? I mean, we only pick up Facebook because yeah, it's just you're, the big global leader. But, but same I think thing, that, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. It's the same concept. There was a key. There was a key insight that we we got earlier this year, and 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 it was because somebody said to us, "The internet is like water. If you bring a pipe, if you pipe water to the village and you yeah. put a tap, yeah, people will come with their buckets and their jerry cans, yeah, and they'll know what to do." Uh huh. And after doing some ground truth on this, our team came back and said, no, 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 no. The internet is not like water. The internet is like a pile of stones. What? So (laughs) you come with a pile of stones Uh and you put them in the village. And the crowd will gather. And most people go, okay, right, pile of stones. I get it. You could probably assemble those into into a structure. Yeah. But actually, there's something else I've got to do right now. And I haven't got the money for the cement. Right. And I don't really know whether that structure will help me. One or two people in the village will come and go, hey, 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 I know exactly what to do with this. I'm going to get to work. But right. actually, the majority of people look at the pile of stones and they go, I can see potential. OK, but it's not intuitive. But I not. don't know how to access that potential. Mm. And I think that's what we've observed on the inter- in, in the way newcomers to the Internet are experiencing it here in Kenya. And we're talking about teenagers with phones. We're talking about teenagers oh, yeah. with phones. So when we have asked young people to tell us how they use their phones, it's surprisingly limited. Mm-hmm. It's the obvious things. It's Facebook. It's WhatsApp. It's perhaps and that's because these apps come preloaded on a lot of these. Phones. And of course, it's where I mean, a lot of people in the past have have said the internet is Facebook, and Facebook is the internet. Yeah, you know, they they kind of they uh, interpose those things. Mm-hmm. But the idea that young people are going to immediately start a small business with their telephone, right? I mean, we're just not seeing that. Yeah. The idea that young people are going to explore the far edges of the universe, they're mm-hmm. going to go over the horizon on the internet and start bringing knowledge and resources and opportunities back to their communities. Yeah. We're not seeing that. Yeah. Some elite kids are doing that. Elite kids who've grown up in homes where there's been Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. you know, who've had time to learn. Yeah, they might be right. in that they space. They know the right questions to ask Google to get the answers that are useful to and them. And they know to ignore yeah. the one that says it's an ad. And they know that, only yeah. the, you know, and, but, and they obviously probably they speak English nicely. So mm-hmm. they can read the Google search and they can comprehend that effortlessly. But for the vast majority of young people getting their selves to the Internet for the first time. Now, this is an important point, right? So they're not using it in enormously ambitious or creative ways. But my goodness, they're enjoying it. Right. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. It's making an enormous difference to their lives. We had a kid in Nanuki who said, he said, I was 12 years a slave. 
And then I got my smartphone. A young lady said to us, I felt like I'd been to Dubai. <laughs> but then you ask her what she's doing with her phone and she tells you she's on Facebook with her friends. So actually, the, the transformational effect it's had is it's just made their, their local world richer. Right. The people that they engage with on their, on their telephones are the same people they meet every day. Yeah. The difference is that now there's no barrier. They don't have to walk for an hour. They don't have to catch a bus to see their friends. The conversation continues when they're at home, mm-hmm. in bed at night when they're under the covers. But it's essentially the same conversation with the same social network, as it were. <laughs> exactly that. Right. But the idea that, that access to the internet immediately releases this enormous uh, set of assets, mm. that we have not found. And that's one of the reasons, again, why we've gone deep into creating new offers like the Hustler MBA, where we can say this one looks and feels like an extension of your everyday life. Yeah. We're not asking you to go to Harvard Business School and download a MOOC. This one is actually for you by someone like you. And it's in the language that feels comfortable. And actually, we could have recorded this with someone living just round the corner from you. And right. by the way, if you want to talk to them after the lecture, you can do so on the app. You can, you can, we can make that happen too. So we're trying to build tools which are, which are really an organic and very small extension of the world that people are currently living in. Right. Rather than assuming that they will dash over the horizon and download the Wikipedia or the, the Expedia app to plan their trip to yeah. Europe. You know, which is the kind of thing that people who are savvy with their phones do effortlessly. Yeah. But there are lots of layers there. And I think understanding them is, the, is going to... And I, I can't yet say that we have understood them. But we are, Well, look, we're, next we're Christmas, we'll come back and ask you about how you've got on with that. But it's great to see a direction of travel. Look, I also want to talk to you about a little bit about the external uh, environment before we finish. Because, you know, 2018 has been a kind of quite momentous year in, in sort of global politics and around the world. And... There's no way East Africa has been insulated from that. A lot's been going on. What, what for you, um, has been the sort of aspects of the kind of external operating environment that have that have had the most impact or been most significant in terms of how World Tell Stories operated this year? So Kenya, Kenya uh, obviously had not one but two general elections yeah. in 2017, and and what we saw in our research, especially, was uh, you know many challenges in the in the social and political economies yeah uh, so i think I mean, that, things ground to a halt didn't they for a lot of people i mean and most people went backwards actually right. so most people went backwards on 2016 so in terms of economics and in terms of economic indicators and, but not just that i mean uh so we've seen worrying trends in for example urban reproductive health indicators so lots really? more births uh, uh, amongst teenagers for example in urban and i think down to girls who find themselves in extremely difficult circumstances um you know compromising and and ending up pregnant uh, and, and lots and lots and lots and i think we recently published some findings on that on our on our blog so yeah. uh, as part of our 2018 state of the youth mm-hmm. national survey so there's a couple of of, of briefs online on com that would explain that in great detail um and i think there so what we're seeing is the fallout from 2017 in 2018 now mm-hmm. a lot of the indicators are back on track you know so young people are back making money, particularly hustlers, those people we love so much, the ones who've got that growth mindset, the ones who've recognized that it's going to be up to them to make tomorrow better. But what we're also seeing is while they're making more money, they're having to work harder to make it. So the number of young people who say they've got three money-making enterprises mm-hmm. has grown by 30%, something like that. And as a consequence of putting in more effort, yes, indeed, they are making more money. 
but then the cost of living has gone up. So actually, the mm. same amount of money buys you much less this year right. than it bought you in 2016, the last time things were looking up. So I think the the pressure on young people is growing every mm-hmm. year. Uh, but 2018, as I said, recovery on 2017 in Kenya, but still some really high pressure on young people to uh, fight for the little they've got. Yeah. Um, and, and as I said before, we see hope and we see possibility, it, particularly in this notion of the hustler mindset, the, the, the notion that I can do it, I can make things better for myself, I can work hard, and things will go well for me. Yeah. But waiting for that employment option, waiting for the, the yeah. you know, my phone to good ring. Good thing. I remember you once said to me, being young in Kenya, good things are not coming your way. You have to go and find them. <laughs> there you are. That was one of yeah. our founding principles. Yeah. And I think it's ever more true. Um, but Kenya's not the only country where we work, right? So and we of have yeah. Shujaz in Tanzania too, and we have a, a exceptional team based in Dar es Salaam who are doing all the things we do in Kenya are, are being done in Tanzania as well. And Tanzania has a, has its own trajectory, and I think that things are being very tightly squeezed there. I think there's quite some uncertainty about where people are heading, where government is heading, the expectations mm-hmm. of government, and I think it's becoming a difficult place to to predict. And yeah. I think our, our, the people who write our media and create our content are also, you know, they, they, they're trying extremely hard to do the right things uh, and to stay uh, productive and ambitious and, and to drive positive change the same way that we are in Kenya. But life's very hard there for, for similar reasons as Kenya. And I think that um, we are definitely having to think carefully about how we work there. To make sure that we don't put a we don't step over an invisible line and wind up perhaps in trouble even yeah um, because we've offended somebody that we didn't know was even offendable yeah which we've seen happen to other organisations in the news and, well and that's it and we don't want to be there that's not our mission our mission is to build young people in Tanzania but uh, I think a lot of people are living in uncertainty and are nervous as I say about those invisible lines and uh, so a lot of energy is being consumed by our colleagues in Dar es Salaam trying to second guess. You know, what, right. you know, where are the boundaries that we don't know about that we might end up transgressing and, and, as I say, offending somebody that we didn't know could be offended in that way. So, And that's a very awkward place to be. Hmm. Um, blurry lines are not helpful. So we hope that in 2018 we'll get some clarity. Uh, I think everyone is working in on that. I think everyone is hoping that uh, um, more clear guidelines will be set by the authorities that will allow people like us to do our work to build Tanzania, build Tanzanian youth and uh, and to do so as efficiently and quickly and productively as possible. Yeah, well, good luck with that, Rob. I mean, you know, Brits abroad know a lot about uh, uncertainty and uh, 2019 uh, being a, <laughs> being a, a year of uh, uncertainty. Is, You're talking about Brexit, I think. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly um, being asked while I'm here, what do you think is going to happen? What's going to happen next? And uh, these questions are absolutely impossible to answer with us. So, look, on that note, um, I think we need to come back and talk about 2019. I think this is the end of the Christmas episode, but, you know, I think we're going to have to come back and talk in the next episode about your New Year's resolutions. Look forward to 2019 and, uh, and ask you what the future holds. You've been listening to the Well Told Story Insights Podcast. Don't forget to check out all of our previous podcast episodes along with blog posts, research, videos and more on our website, welltoldstory.com. You can send feedback to our presenter, Richard Darlington, on Twitter and you can follow him for strategic communications advice, including how to make your very own podcast. That's all for this episode, but be sure to look out for part two of our Christmas special. Until next time, from me, producer Steph, 
Happy holidays to you and your loved ones. And thank you for listening to the Well Told Story Insights Podcast. Podcast.